podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today is Tuesday, the 26th of October, 2021. And my name is Patrick Smith. What a weekend for the Belfast Giants. Pretty much a mixed bag and a lot to talk about on this week's show. A loss to Manchester that made me very angry. If anybody follows me on Twitter, everybody saw that. Uh, and if you met me in the pub afterwards, you definitely saw that. Um the shootout cup victory over Dundee and we'll be putting your questions to Kieran Long we'll also be hearing from Kevin Ray and Sam Rupp and Lewis Hook uh, we'll start by a few introductions of course Mr McJimsey how are you? Good evening I'm very well Patrick thank you uh, Mr Kitchen keeping well? Spot on thank you uh, and the man who's by your side on Sunday uh, Mr Neil how are you? Yeah, grateful for that chance to uh, take in a game with says Good fun. But yeah, being good, boys. Always good to be in your company on a Tuesday evening. Uh, obviously, normally, at this point, we would say, right, let's start into the games. But there's something we need to start with, first of all. 19 years ago on this day, the Belfast Giants took on the Nottingham Panthers. Uh, and the game ended in a way that made its mark on Belfast Giants fans for years to come. Something that maybe we hadn't seen at the Odyssey Arena to that extent in the almost what, two and a bit years or, uh, that the team had been around. Um, well, almost two years that the team had been around. Something that maybe shocked a lot of the fan bases, but something that didn't shock others because it was probably part of the game. We're talking, of course, about the brawl at the end that forever will be known as never forgive, never forget. Mr. McJimsey, let's start with you. 19 years. It's a long time, Paddy, isn't it? Um, I guess when, when you're saying about the, um, the, the people weren't used to it, I guess we were used to fighting in the game and we were used to even maybe some fights that went beyond okay. But this was like gratuitous violence at the end where where one of our guys was being held by one or two others while Nightcar stripped off and, and punched him in the back of the head, causing like long-term damage to Paxton. You know, he's, he spoke openly about it at the time. We've got some good interviews with Paxton in the past about it. And, you know, it was something that burned into the memory and, and something that gives you a bit of fire in the belly every time you, you want to play against the Nottingham Panthers. I don't know whether Paddy's... <laughs> I don't know whether... He's way to find Barry Nightcar. <laughs> he's gone, mate. He's gone. We're still, we're still alive. Keep going, keep going. We're still what alive, so we'll... What do we do? Oh, he's back. He's Did back. Did you find Barry Nightcar? I assume you guys continued when I dropped out there? Yeah. <laughs> For a bit anyway, yeah. The yeah, show descended into chaos. It was martial law in here. Uh, <laughs> where did we get to, boys? Um, I was, I've already said my piece, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, look and, and you see this, you see Tom Darnell and Mike Hicks being like, right right in the middle of this for those watching on YouTube, yeah. And it's that moment when Barry Nightcar decides to strip the 44 jersey off and get into Paxton, who's already in a 1-1. I think it was Chris Tober, is he, is he going with at the time? Tober, yeah. Yeah, and uh, 
for whatever reason, he was my car was able to get loose and, and through some snide digs. Here he comes in, in the Paxton bag of Paxton's head. And you've seen the pictures from the other side when Paxton goes off the ice. He's pretty badly hurt, and it was something that affected him for a long time. But the very next time the Panthers came to town, I think it was the, the 29th or 30th of December, he had the answer to Bell at center ice. And uh, I remember... Oh, Gary Moran saying that Nykar never got beat in his career, but he certainly took a beat down that night. Simon, from your perspective, obviously, up until this point, you know, you were you're renowned on the ice in, in Northern Ireland. Yeah. This this sort of effect, this sort of thing was no no surprise to you, as it may have been a surprise to a lot of the Belfast Giants fans. I well, I mean, to be honest, it, it was it was a surprise the way it ended, because this was professional level and um, I mean, I was involved in a couple of them at an amateur level, um, Scottish League and and what have you. But you know, again, when it's when it's you know, you've five and a half, six thousand people in the in the barn watching you, and and that sort of thing happens. And um, hockey players have long, long memories. And we've already touched on packs, and you know, we can come back in the in the end of December that year. Um, just thank goodness Stephen Nolan show wasn't about then. You know, um, the uh, <laughs> the you know the whole the whole incident was was. I mean, it, it sent shockwaves around the the uh, Bella Super League at that time, and um, and nineteen years later, we're still talking about it. But um, look, everybody likes to see a scrap um, on the ice. I'm absolutely no different. It's it's one of those ones. I'm just watching the coverage here on the on the screen below us now, and and you know just to see what happened there, and Nick Hart pulled a let's be honest, a scumbag move. Um, it was bang out of order, and. And it was one of them ones where, you know, everybody knew that he was going to have to answer the bell and Paxton certainly brought it to him, you know, just over well, two months later. But it's it's one of those ones where, you know, we've we've had some fantastic memories down the years as a Belfast Giants fans and and uh, we've had one memories that you want to forget. But this, I don't think anybody's ever, anybody who was there is never ever going to forget it. And, That's um, it. Sorry, I was just going to come in and say one of the things that, like, Barry Icar was assessed a travesty of the game and received an eight-game suspension. And it was you know, coming back in that game in late December against the Belfast Giants that uh, that, that he had the answer to the bell against Paxton Schulte and, and Schulte gave him what for. From my perspective, you know, I was a, a, a young lad stood on the bridge, um, of course, <laughs> watching from there. And the game, you know, you had... Corey Carlander was ejected from the game midway through the second period. Uh, the game was feisty enough. The Nottingham Panthers at this time were no great shakes. That's you know, we obviously in recent times Panthers have been challenging for cups and whatever. But in those times they they, they weren't great, and therefore they had that strong team: Clark, Tobert, Nykar. You know, the the um was was. Well, there's Dodie Wood there right in the centre if you're watching in a, on, on YouTube. You know, th- these were guys who were in there for a reason, and that reason was. You know, to be a tough team, maybe to be an entertainingly tough team, and the Giants fell foul of that in this game. Um, a couple of other memories I have from it. Uh, if you're if you are watching on on the YouTube channel, or you do see the video itself on YouTube, you'll notice that the glass at the pocket rocket, Will McCulloch, was there, and he was watching through the glass. I don't know why I just didn't open the door and send them on. Um, <laughs> uh, also, you see the the old uh, the old uh, where to tonight bananas. Watching on, <laughs> taking you all the way back to those early seasons. But and I, I remember writing a piece, and you know, Davey, you asked me to look for it earlier on. I couldn't find it. But I wrote a piece years ago when Paul Eddy came into the Belfast Giants because you know, it's obviously taken as a bit of a comedy thing, NFNF times, and, and Nottingham Panthers fans think it's an obsessive thing and that we're obsessed with them. The actual reason is it's it, this was a pivotal moment 
this is an early pivotal moment for a lot of Belfast Giants fans. It certainly was a pivotal moment in in the history of me watching the game. It's not about anybody else. It's it's all about us. It's all about how we reacted to this and how we remember this and how we believe that this changed our outlook on the game and you know and our our outlook on our own team and how we believe the game should be played. Joel, coming to you, you know what? Are you, obviously, you know you're one. Of, you keep telling us you're one of the younger ones. Uh, do you, were you here for this? Did you see this, or, or what does this event mean to you? So this kind of night is like all those people who say they saw the Beatles at the Cavern Club, you know, and the Giants, the Giants <laughs> fan base. Everybody claims they were there. There was about you know thirty thousand in the seven thousand SSC arena that night. I wasn't there. Um, I was. I was. I mean, uh, still probably just touching my teenage years, something like that. Uh, something like that. Um, I mean, you would have went a few times a season, you know, with your parents or whatever else, but it was never really truly. I couldn't call myself a hockey fan. But my unique perspective on this is that. Uh, as Paddy displays the mug for those on YouTube, uh, we must get those on sale again. Um, my unique perspective on, on a night like this is that I come in a little bit later, but it, it's it's a, a cornerstone moment of a very, very young, fledgling Belfast Giants. It's a moment that has shaped the culture of the club to the present day. You know, from sort of, you know, and, and I make no mistake about the fact that I only really seriously started coming to every game in about 2010. Um but as soon as you scratch the surface of the Giants fans, fan base and you start speaking to the people that have been there for a while, you know, it's it's almost just drilled into you. It's like the Nottingham Panthers are the team that we want to beat. The Nottingham Panthers are the team that you have a problem with. And it's drilled into you. It's the same as like being taken to the football as a young kid. You know, say your dad has a football team. You know, you adopt the culture, you adopt the feelings. And it really has. It's been, it's been a, a sort of... Uh, a. a I don't really like the word franchise, club-defining moment uh, in the history of the Belfast Giants through to the very present day when people scratch the surface, start coming to games, start talking to the fans. Sooner or later, they're going to hear this story and they're going to hear first-hand accounts. Um, and, and that rivalry with the Nottingham Panthers still boils you know, bright red to this day. See, it's I mean, you just Sorry, Paddy, just watching in there. I mean, you just look at some of the guys that, you know, I mean, look at a very, very young Todd Kelman. Um, you know, you've got Dave Matsos was there, Car- Curtis Bowen, Rocket Ron Stevens. You know, just looking back at, at some of the, the footage and, and, and even the, the hardest bit for me there is, and I, that even you know, resonates right now when I, when I see a player face down on the ice, and we all know at that stage Paxton was face down on the ice, and you don't know what sort of state he's in. And, yep. and yes, he get up and you can just see him on his knees there. And as I say, if you if I haven't watched this, go to the YouTube channel later on and watch it. Um, and, and, and to take back on it. But, you know, just looking at the, the, there's some of the guys skating around there and a little bit of disbelief going, what, is, what has just happened here? Um, you know, and then there you go, Rob Stewart hasn't changed a bit. Um, <laughs> and, and see, who was the referee that night? I don't know. I need to, it comes back on here. But there you've got a young Hicks and a young Tom Darnell yeah. together. Hicks and Darn's on the line, yeah. 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 You know, is that that a Colin, Colin, Colin Ryder there as well? Yeah. Um, was it Ryder or was it back? I think Colin Ryder. Ooh. Well, Luke, Ryder was Luke, Luke, certainly in the team. Yeah. The um, you know, when you when you see again, you see a player being helped off the ice. It's never a nice thing. It doesn't make a difference if it's your own team or if it's if it's an, an away team. You never. I love this guy. I love this guy here. Says, "What's this boy in the in the brown jacket here?" To the, <laughs> just keep away on him for a wee minute here. That's all changed. You'd get a different hand signal. But um, <laughs> no, look, again, it's, it's, it's ingrained in the history and it's, 
It's in the memory of, I mean, the, we all know we got the message this morning, 2610. You know, as soon as you see it, you go, Davy's awake. Uh, it's, <laughs> all them ones were, it's, it's never going to, I mean, it, next year's 20 years. I would say Davy might come home next year for it. And um, we'll do a live show from SSE Arena. I don't even know what to say. But I'd we'll be wait if we've not scheduled in a game against the Nottingham Panthers that night. I remember speaking to Todd Kelman, and it was probably for the 10th anniversary before the fixtures meeting, and saying to him, look, it's a Saturday night, it's the 10th anniversary, and he's like, oh, we want to get away from this kind of stuff. Mate, just book it. Right? And we're <laughs> going to have to go and speak to Steve Thornton. Next year, at the Odyssey, it'll be a Wednesday night game, have it in Premier Sports, we can all be there. 20th anniversary, bring Paxton home, have Nightcar there, fur dig. What is it your man yeah, from Lawrence said on the... I don't have it on this on this <laughs> two, two lads go around the corner for a dig, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> so many judices in the back of their head. Not on. Not on. It's it's probably the 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 seminal moment for me in terms of my support of the Belfast Giants. It's the one I always go back to. If you search NFNF Davy underscore McG on Twitter, there's a lot of content. You know, <laughs> it's it's just what I, I, I feed off that and as soon as the fixtures come out, genuinely, even though I, I can't get to them all, they're the fixtures I look for. When are we playing the Panthers? What games have we around that? Is it double headers? Uh, have we an away game before it? Are we traveling or with travel? You know, I want to win those six games more than I want to win against the Cardiff Devils, against the Sheffield Steelers. I hate the Panthers, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I hate nothing. I hate the Panthers. Paddy, you know, and to, to put it in, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and probably just stems from that game. I don't think I yeah. give a monkeys about the Panthers before that. Couldn't have cared less. You know, like, you're just an opposition team. You have to yeah. put it in sort of modern day perspective for maybe some of the the younger or more new fans. Uh, you know, imagine you know Adam, Adam Keefe and his prime fits. You know, <laughs> yeah, for for you guys obviously being there from day one. You know, Paxton was was the the kind of first Mister Belfast, right? He was he was face of the organization. He's someone that people resonated with. He saw them sticking up for their club, and that to me, you know, I, I draw a lot of parallels between Paxton and Adam Keefe. Adam Keefe has been that okay. for the best part of the last decade, and for a new generation, he is that Paxton. And Paxton always holds a special place in the heart of those kind of first-time fans, or sorry, day one fans, because he was there from the genesis. Um, and, and there's a lot of special kind of uh, meaning attached to that. But picture, you know, Adam Keefe uh, in his prime for the Belfast Giants, getting into a fight with somebody and being jumped on from behind by Zach Fitzgerald and seriously injured from, from punches to the back of the head. You know, h- how would you, as a fan, and knowing what Adam Keefe means to you in this present day, how would you feel and would that carry on? And for the people that say, oh, you're, you're you know, you're... David, you're obsessed. You know this comes up every year. Blah blah blah. So <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't have dropped that. You know, if if, if I saw that happen to Anna Pigzak Fitzgerald out of a hat, you know, t- no reason at all for that. Um, but if I had seen that, I'm never letting that go. That that defines my fandom of the club. So I completely get it. And long may it last. I've got to give. Um, we're, going to, we're going to get stuck into the actual games and bring you back to the modern day. It is like, but, but just before I do that, you know, like I say, it, it is just. Mostly about us. It's mostly about our memories of the game. Everybody takes memories of the game. Everybody takes memories of their team. Something that drives them. Something that they'll always bring up. And those people who were there. And this is just it. This was the the genesis of that. You could say, you know, yes, we won titles. Yes, we went on to win the playoffs. It, it, this team went on to win the playoffs. But you know, it's this is where we are now. And 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 this is who the Belfast Giants are. To give you a little bit of historical context. Uh, this obviously the Belfast Giants won that game three two. Nobody really mentions that, but 
did games either side of that. It was a hell of a week. On the Thursday before that, the Belfast Giants faced the Manchester Storm in the Manchester Storm's last ever game of, of their first. Uh, in, I think that game was void. Was it the MEN Arena? No, and at the SSA. Oh, really? the Odyssey. Yeah, they came out. You remember Stevie Ladd came out and uh, and he um, he was with the Storm and they had a big photograph. That was the Thursday before. Then you had the Saturday against the Nottingham Panthers, and then the following Wednesday. You had the last game the Giants ever played against what were the Scottish Eagles. That game was void as well. So it was a, a, a historical week of the Belfast Giants and the ISL at that time because the ISL was crumbling and uh, little did we know what was going to come next. And here we are. Right, let's get... Um, if somebody sends Davy a message because he seems to have dropped out. But, um, I think let's get he's stuck in. Me in the meter. Yeah, he seems to have blacked out. Whatever. He's way outside to calm down. He'd be, he'd be back in a minute. It's one of those nights. Um, let's get stuck into the games from the weekend, unfortunately. Um, we'll start off, of course, with Saturday night's game against the Manchester, the aforementioned Manchester <laughs> Storm in their most recent, in, uh, what's the word? Their most recent incarnation. I was going to say incarceration. Incarnation. Um, <clears throat> it was a 3 nothing. Shutout for the Manchester Storm at the Drizzle Dome. Goals coming from Adam Brady in the first period. And then Cameron Critchlow, followed by Scott Simmons, less than 30 seconds later. Um, goalkeepers, Matt Ginn, a 32-shot shutout. On the other side, Tyler Beskarani, 34 shots on, three goals against. Referees were Tom Perring and Liam Sewell. Uh, I'm going to go to you, says... Uh, what went wrong? Um, I, I can't say preparation because I watched the practice all week and Adam, you know, he was drilling into them what way they were going to have to play to do and be successful. And and it, it, look, again, the Manchester Storm, I, I touched on this last week, they got absolutely humped by the Five Flyers on a previous a couple of nights beforehand. Yes, they played Dundee on the Thursday night and they beat Dundee, I think it was 5 Two five one five two, and they you know they come out flying in that game as well because I did watch the highlights of it. Um, but you know you know when you're when the team gets spanked eight nil, you know that it's either going to go one or one or two ways. You know that they're going to crumble in the next game, or you know that they're going to come out fighting. And they come out fighting, and and you know and a wee pokey rank like that. I just I think we just got away from what we do, and we couldn't do it. I mean, I spoke to half after the game. And Paddy, you, you were there. You probably got a better view on it than what anybody else has. Um, and you've been in that ring more than any of the rest of us as well. But, you know, with the, the with the way the ice is, with the way the, the facility is, you need to play smart hockey. And unfortunately for us, we didn't. We didn't perform. We didn't. We sort of, we, we found it very difficult to get going. And, I mean, even, you know, you've got a hand at the Matt Ginn. Matt Ginn pulled off a couple, a number of very, very good saves. But we made it really, really difficult in ourselves. We're, you're trying to carry the puck on ice that's being skated on. I was going to say by thousands of people, but that's obviously not the case. But, you know, you, you, you get hundreds of people skating on that ice every week, and it does have an effect on it. It's, when you get figure skaters going on the ice like that, means that the ice is a little bit thicker, it's a bit slower. And we it's, it's really difficult to get going. Adams keeps on saying, look, there's no excuse. We just didn't play well enough. We didn't turn up. And that's exactly what happened. And it was really disappointing because, you know, everybody, we were all watching it, apart from Paddy, who was at the game. We were all watching it online at the same time. We're putting it in the WhatsApp groups. And, 
and then we've seen the the uh, the extreme happiness from Paddy afterwards, uh, <laughs> both on the WhatsApp group and on his Twitter account. Um, and then we'll come back to John Crawley, which we'll talk about later on, no doubt. Um, but you know, there, there's there's so many things that we just didn't do. Um, and for me, again, for getting into that rank, the most important thing coming out of that game is we learn how to go in the next time round. I can't remember. I don't even know when when we play them again in the in the drizzle. But as, for a while, mate. yeah. But as long as we learn from our mistakes of the game last Saturday, last Saturday, I last Saturday. As yes. long as we learn from Saturday's game, going into the next one, then we'll see what happens. But you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. As I say, we play them at home in a couple of weeks, and I would like to think there's going to be a big, big reaction to that because I know it's hurt a lot of the players and a lot of guy. A lot of I see a lot of comments on Facebook and Twitter and saying that the, the players just looked as if they didn't care. I seen them on the Sunday morning coming into the rink. They had to get up at 4.15, I think it was 4.15 a.m. alarm to get the um, everything breakfast and get to the airport and get onto the flight to come home and then try and get a sleep for a couple of hours before the 4 p.m. face-up on Sunday. I seen them in the dressing room before and I seen that they were hurting. And even after Sunday's game, which we'll go on to talk about and I'll, and I'll come back to that as well, you just, for me, that's something positive to take away from it because they weren't happy with their performance on Saturday night. The suggestion that the team don't care is a lazy one. I think it's it you know people who you can try and give excuses for a team getting beat. You can try and give excuses for a team not hitting the levels of performance that you don't want or you don't see. You know, are you in the game that you watch? But to say that the players don't care is just a is a is a lazy way to approach it. The thing was, Davey, you know, we spoke to David Goodwin last week. We asked about the tight ice, and he says it wasn't an issue. It seemed to be an issue for exact from what I was watching there. The, the guys, you know, we know the storm know how to play on this ice. That ice, it's soft ice. It's a tight rink. They know how to get in the way. Matt Ginn was facing shots, but anything he was facing was the the good stuff was being blocked. Davy's mic's off. Joe. <laughs> it's going well tonight. NFL. Well, if I if I was Davy, I'd probably be saying that yeah, the Giants were, were probably held to the perimeter. There he is. Listen, let him go, Paddy. Let he knows more yeah, than right, me. Let right, him right, go, Davy. Back to you, go. Um, so what was that, Joel? Perimeter, something? Yeah, mate. Um, uh, tight ice, soft ice, perimeter. Tight. You know, like and we did. We talked about the size of the ice and things happening that wee bit quicker. And you know, without. Roberts for Patrick said to me whenever we started doing this in an official capacity a number of years ago, you sometimes have to be careful between the critic criticize, criticism versus critiquing. And like, who are we to tell Griffin Reinhardt how to play hockey or criticize his game? Any player, for example. I just think that I think Adam Keefe and, and Kevin Rain to an extent that came out and said it as well, and Neil LeCroach Russell, who would talk to him as well. At the Drizzle Dome, you've got to go north south all the time. You don't have time to go east-west. The amount of times we had five players between us and the goal because we've played that skilled move or we've tried to play make a wing play, even for the third goal. I think it's Bush goes down the right wing, checks up looking for the guy coming in from the point one-timer, and it just gets picked off because there's sticks and lanes. And, you know, when I look at the shot charts which I've got in front of me, like, they had they had second period three, six shots, all from the outside. You know, we controlled large periods of the game, and we had good possession and we had a lot of shots but all as you say Paddy from the outside nothing really in front of Ginn Ginn didn't really have anything much to do 
that he had traffic in front of him. He didn't. He, he we didn't cross the Royal Road as I like. To, you know, we didn't go east west on him, getting him moved in front of the net, and we didn't get any traffic in front of him. And he's a good goalie. And once he gets a few saves in that glove, big big glove hand, it becomes more difficult. And I think I'm, I'm not even going to say we didn't want to pay the price, but we just didn't go to the blue paint. We just didn't do it. You know, the shot charts tell you where the shots are coming in from, and we didn't get inside there at all. We've scored, I know I say on this podcast a lot about where the majority of goals come statistically. That slot, low slot, that's where your goals come from. If you don't go there, you don't get goals. And we've seen straight away on Sunday, we scored two goals in the first, whatever, five minutes from the blue paint. You've got to get in there against goalies like Ginn and Morrison and Owens. These, these, are, these goalies in this league are top, top drawer now. And you don't just shoot from the outside of the circles and expect to score goals. Again, to go back to coach, he was saying pretty much every team that have went into the storm shelter, you give them one game. And this was the first game for a lot of these guys. Experience in that rink, experience in those changing rooms, experience in the size of that rink, experience that ice. And they've had their one game now. And they have to redeem themselves when they go back in their game because I don't know whether this is a thing or not, Simon, but if you're playing on a 100-foot ice and the way we've been playing this season so far that cross ice diag, diag pass, the spring, the spring, the um, winger. We've been playing that a lot. If you're hitting that over a hundred feet or slightly less, because you're in from the board and you're hitting somebody, but a ninety-five feet pass is a lot easier to control than a sixty-foot pass coming at the same tempo. We had a lot, and the distance between blue line to blue line is smaller as well. So I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to make a, a critique point here. A diagonal pass in a smaller space is harder to control. So we're we're picking that pass up rather than two feet in front of the halfway line. You're suddenly you're at the blue line and you have a D man in your face. Everything happens that wee bit quicker. It's maybe fifteen feet shorter of an ice surface. So you know your neutral zone is squashed. You don't have the same amount of time and space to play. So you've got to go direct. You don't have the time to go east west all the time. You don't always have the time to make that skill play. And Adam Keith is going to. I've looked at this game again and again. These guys will be drilled. The next time we go to the drizzle, don't mind, it'll be a different game. Joe, yeah, look, the the boys have summed it up brilliantly there. That's a, a great piece of analysis from Davy, and and really, it was you know it was it was what I was seeing too from from the off. You know, we've been in Coventry, we've been in Dundee, been in Fife, been in Cardiff, and uh, really, there's nothing just as claustrophobic and as tight as as that ice surface. You can also see, I think, on the webcast too, even after the Zamboni had been over in period breaks, the ice stayed wet, especially in the corners and stuff for for quite large periods. Uh, sorry, periods of each period. Um, you know, we you could tell that we were feeling the squeeze. You know, we were we were being caught with kind of sloppy offsides that I don't think you would see from the Giants on bigger ice. Um, we were struggling on face-offs, and if you just look, not only the neutral zone, how small it is, but how close those face-off circles are to the crease. You know, if you if you get caught on a draw in your defensive zone, you're you're in trouble immediately. Um, <laughs> so there, there's not much to add that the boys haven't already said. I think we, we're maybe, you know, o- overhandling the puck, trying to, to look for plays that would work on bigger ice and work on, on what we've played on so far, both home and away. Um, but, but you need to go route one on that small ice surface. Um, you know, you compound the fact that a lot of these guys as well you know they haven't played on a surface like that not only that a lot of them haven't even played last year so when was the last time some of those guys have been on an ice pad that small maybe in their their home rink or in their hometowns whatever um so a lot of contributing factors came together there for that to be a, a, a tricky even at the office we knew that that was uh something you could slip up on and, and that's what happened simon to be honest I, I i know people say about it happens quicker and um and to be honest, i think that's an excuse you know Yes, okay, it's smaller, 
but they're, they're professional hockey players. It shouldn't make that much of a difference. It really shouldn't. The, the ice quality, absolutely. If you watch that game compared to um, the game against Cardiff, for argument's sake, um, and see how fast Jordan Boucher actually is, he can't get moving. Mm-hmm. He just can't get moving. The, 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 the ice is too soft for him to skate as fast as he can. The Cardiff rank is really good. The ice is a really good quality. And the SSE Arena, again, it's 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 got better year on year. Fife, even even Fife's ice, Fife's ice is really, really good. And you can fly on that. You see them scoring the two goals against the Fife Flyers where you knock one off a wall and round the defense and picked it up and went through, drove the net. But the, the, the ice, the quality of ice in the Drizzle Dome is poor. Um, and I think it's a big thing for um, the Manchester Storm because they know how to play it. They've got a lot of big bodies that play on that ice surface really, really well at times. Says so just before I have a wee question for Paddy, who's obviously at the game, but for people that might not know about thickness of ice for, for different speeds and stuff, just give a wee quick, like, you know, thin ice, fast, thick ice, slow kind of speed skating versus figure skating or whatever. Give, give a, a someone who worked on an ice rink. Yeah, the, the, the majority of the ice rinks around the UK and, and worldwide, I mean, there's, it's only about three quarters of an inch thick. A lot of people think it's a foot thick. It's nowhere near it. You know, it, there's some times that Donald used to be able to kick, I mean, if the, the likes of the figure skaters going on and, and using their toe pick to go through. Sometimes it was more or less through the concrete, and it takes a bit of time to get used to, you know, to cover it in and make sure it's done properly. With the the thicker the ice, the slower it's going to be. Um, it, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a real pain because... We, we our game is built on speed. We we talked about this, David, on numerous occasions. Steve Thornton's always said about you know we're trying to build a quicker team, we're trying to get guys going, and the ice there is crap. Um, and again, I I I don't I don't like using it. Yes, it's a smaller rink, but I don't like using that as an excuse. And I'm sure Adam's exactly the same. The the guys have been brought up and playing on different size ice rinks all over the world when they were when they're baking from junior hockey the whole way up. They're probably more used to playing on a rink that size in North America than what they are in an Olympic ice rink. So that shouldn't be an excuse. We weren't good enough on Saturday night. That's the bottom line. We weren't good enough. We didn't do enough things that were, were drilled into us during the week. And as long as we learn from it, I've said it when I was talking earlier, as long as we learn from it, I think we'll be fine. And I absolutely agree with Davey. The next time we go into that rink, it's going to be a different game. Paddy, you were at it, and like kind of the analysis we've had, it was actually quite a close game. One nil, right there, just over ten minutes to go, and the Giants at that stage put the foot down. Like the had would would got an awful lot of possession, and would up, and obviously then it's a bit of a bit of a breakaway, two on two, two on one. Reinhardt and and Knight just can't quite back, get back to cover, and then we're chasing the game, and and they come away almost immediately with the third. What was your own take on being there? I hate being there. <laughs> it's it's it seems every I think you know it seems every time we go like, obviously we went in there with the belief that you know they're not performing too well they get humped in five we're looking to be league contenders this should be a mismatch because we should be a stronger team you looked at the PR from Manchester Storm themselves a the couple of days before the game they referred to the star-studded Belfast Giants coming to town so they were aware that the team that we were bringing in was of a higher quality. And to bring them onto the ice. So they were already pent up for that. But, you know, I, obviously I spent a predominant amount of the game stood next to our good friend, Neil, the coach Russell. And, you know, we were both of the same opinion that the Giants just struggled to get going. It was, it, they, they couldn't get 
they couldn't get the shots on goal. Everything was being blocked. It was all being tightened down. There was no real bite to the game mm-hmm. from the Giants. And what you said earlier rings true, Davey, with regards to it being um, you know, north-south. And the, the, the players in my head I can remember seeing in there scoring. Paul Dennison scored in there for fun. What do you mm-hmm. like? Like three hat tricks, three hat tricks in that in that barn because he was going directly through. You know, no, it was no messing about. It was straight down the line and back of the net. Mike Rogers straight down the back, back of the net. Chris Higgins straight down the line, back of the net. These are guys that I can remember in my head scoring in that place. Uh, Bobby Farnham straight down the line, back of the net. You know, because you were going. You were you you were getting the space, you were getting the jump, and you were getting in on goal. It wasn't you're you're not going to score pretty goals in that rink. You're not. It's you know it it's very difficult to pass around them, especially when they get tight round Ginner. And Ginner's a good goalie, right? He's a very good goalie. The fact that he's come back, he had, you know, he had retired, sort of. He'd been to the uh, the Coast League, and they brought him back in, and that's a coup for them because he can play in that rink and he knows how. But they also know how to shut down around him. And that's exactly what they did. And they were closing anything of a we'd move perimeter and they were shutting down around him and everything was being bound back. So anything he did face, he was dealing with. And we weren't and then what compounded were a few individual mistakes. You know, Boucher is going to want that back. You know, he did on that third goal. That was his error. And, and unfortunately for him, he's going to want that back. But it's just you know, that it's just the way the game goes at that time. Uh, it was disappointing. I got angry. Of course I did. I was absolutely fuming. Didn't notice that's the, I know you didn't, <laughs> but uh, I, I sort of kept that in. But um, you know, but that's the game. That's the emotions you get when you go to a match when you're supporting the team. You know, sometimes you go in there, you want to see. You know, I seen Kieran Long score against us. You know, it's but it's if you know, when he's playing for Storm. You know, it's just the way. That's just the way things go when you're when you're there. It's disappointing, but. Um, had a few drinks and got over it. And I saw a good, an old friend of yours, Mr. Kitchen. Hi, John Croy. Um, John was our equipment manager for Team Ireland. Um, Pally sent me a photograph of him in the, I think it was your bar, local bar, was it? It was. I discovered that his son, um, Nick, who works with uh, with Manchester Storm, just lives around the corner. So yeah, I know. John's a top lad. Like He's been around the game for a long, long time as well. And um, he, I've said to you the other night, Pally, he always reminds me of Barry. Um, uh, from the me to you, <laughs> he's, he's a double yeah. off of my friend. It's very true, that actually. It is, and uh, no, it was good to obviously good to, to um, for you to meet him anyway. He's a real, real good lad. Um, we're going to move on unless anybody else has any more comments on this. Yeah, game. I, I do actually. Yeah. We're, we're talking about how bad we played. I thought the storm did all right, and I think I think that was probably their game plan, you know, to get a goal, win the can, and then when the Giants are pushing forward. You know, just try and chip away at it, and if they get the chance to go for a two-on-one or a one-on-all, which they did both opportunities uh, to take their chances when they came along. And I think that you know, it was as bad as you know, as not as polished performance from us. I thought the storm it got to pat them in the back. I thought they did all right, and they probably played their game plan to perfection. I to go with what Simon's saying there. Um, you know, getting the goal up to them just short of the first period break was crucial because for the rest of that game, they strung three guys on the blue line, made us chip and chase. And as you say, if you don't have speed going across that blue line, you've got three big guys already ahead of you. It's hard to win those retrieval battles. And the Giants didn't win enough of those battles and, and get the puck back out in front. Of the like we could go over and over and over and over this. I think it's best to put the puck in the bin for this one and learn for the next game. 
week. So, uh, and we'll move on to that next thing. The post game interviews are on SoundCloud from a, from a view from the bridge, and you can get the highlights from Storm TV. And we move on to the game that came back to the SSE Arena in the Challenge Cup against the Dundee Stars. A 4-3 shootout win for your Belfast Giants. The Giants' goals come from Tyler Soy, David Goodwin and Scott Conway. Uh, the Dundee Stars' goals in, in regular time coming from uh, Gary Desjardins, uh, Connor Sills and uh, a second from uh, Desjardins and the shootout winner the only one came from Scott Conway. Uh, regards to goals, 32 shots on Jackson Whistle, three goals against. Adam Marson, 25 goals. Sorry, 25 shots on, three goals against. Refs were Andy Wells and, uh, sorry, Andy Dalton and Chris Wells. Um, Davey, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, you know, we all knew going into this game, the Giants need, needed to have a bit of a reaction. It was uh, given what would happen on Saturday night. Do you feel we got that reaction? At times, for sure, and at times not so sure. Um, getting the early goal was good. Conceding off the following face-off, not so good. Um, I think that a little bit of Saturday night as well. It all starts with a face-off possession. <clears throat> Nine tenths of all. I know the things we say on the on the on the podcast all the time. When we have got the puck and Goodwin picking it, Conway go to work. Good things happen. I think Joel is christened to the, the JJ picking the corner. You know, whenever we get down in there, we can do a lot of damage. And the goals came up. That being said, Tyler Soy's first goal for the club off his backside. You know, I know it's a football analogy. You'll take one off your bum, but literally prone on the ice and getting one off your backside off the bum side. <laughs> Don't look like that. Weird in you end. Meaning the ball comes in, hits you, hits you on the rear and goes in. There's no. Yeah, but I understand. It's okay. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> But um, to be actually landing there and getting one, getting one, like I've lost in nine years. <laughs> but um, conceding so conceding so quickly and then scoring again to get back in. So there, there was a little bit of pushback back and with. I think we'll be disappointed to end that game three each. Um, again, everybody could have. I think we've been saying we're analysing. I think it's the third goal. You know, you could nearly throw a blanket over all five of our guys down in the right hand circle blow. Um, with, and it's popped out by Coombs, who, by the way, take Coombs out of the Dundee team, we probably win that game five or six to, to one. You know, Coombs, I thought, was absolutely excellent for them. He was the danger man all night. He was the one getting the shots in down low. He was willing to go near Whistle to score goals. He wants goals when he's on the ice. And, you know, we're, I know if you're watching on YouTube here, you're, you're able to see the goals back and. You can pick on your own goals. You think the goals you score are great and the goals you concede are terrible. I'm sure Pash is looking at the goals he conceded at what his defence could have done better. And we for sure could have protected Jackson Whistle a wee bit better in some of the goals they scored. So lessons to be learned both ends. We've came away with the two points. Challenge Cup, bit of a dead rubber looking at a reaction from Saturday night. I don't think Adam Keith completely got the reaction that he would have been hoping for, the response that he was hoping for. But it was a better... Like I'm not going to say it was even a better performance. Like we got the points, and that's all that I would be taking out of Sunday. Joel, we were shot on home ice, which is not something that happens often. Yeah, it's a weird one. You know, uh, as as you said at the top of the show, I, I had the the opportunity to call it alongside Simon. Um, I felt like a, like a real cat and mouse game. I felt like we were. Mm-hmm. Possibly overcommitting forward, and uh, maybe eagerness to score, having been shut out in Manchester the, the night before, um, and then there were maybe that that kind of lapse at the back to to concede. But for it to go back and forward like that um, was just it was it was unexpected. But 
you know, credit, and we talked about this on, on the actual stream, Pasha's got some real players in that lineup. Charlie Combs is outstanding. Uh, the wee man can skate. Um, if you look at the, the size of guys like Connor Sills and someone that we're going to have to talk about, Kyle Haas, boys, like, Mm-hmm. Kyle, Kyle Haas made that ice pad his own on Sunday afternoon and and mm-hmm. uh, you know there, there were a lot of people that that were kind of voicing that afterwards um people had had maybe hoped that someone would step up or someone would would take Haas on he was sort of hitting it well and and uh, and rubbing people up the wrong way um I, I don't know I, I can't give you an explanation as to how we were shut out on, on home ice because you know or sorry not shut out shot not shut out um because as much as I say we were over committing forward to try and score um you know, maybe we were being caught on the break more. Um, I just feel that, that Dundee had the physical edge for three periods, uh, and and it's something that, that I would definitely like to see kind of addressed. That's the point I was going to move on to next is aggression. You look across, you look across social media over the weekend, and that's what people felt were miss, was missing. We weren't pushing back against Haas, and arguably there was an incident in the Storm game a couple of, the, the night before in the second or third period down in the far corner from where I was, where it seemed to get together. And maybe that's what it needed. It needed that bite. It needed that sort of you know that fight or something to fire the Giants up to get into it. But people, especially in this game, the way that Kyle Haas was acting, you know, and, and you know, that they felt there wasn't enough aggression from the Belfast Giants? The game's changing, but keep on saying it. Um, you know, Haas is a, he's a big lad. He throws his, he finishes his checks. He throws his body about. He makes, you know, he makes guys want to step up. He's got an, obviously got a, you know, a blatant problem with Jordan Boucher. I have no <laughs> idea what he's, what Boucher has said to him in a former life. Um, but, you know, I, I would like to see a wee bit more physicality from us, especially against, you know, when that guy, you know, him stand at centre ice and, um, and you know, literally questioning the bench. And it's 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 a difficult one. You know, we're 2-2 we're in the game. I, I know the boys want to win the game and they want to basically, you know, have the best opportunity to win. And by doing that, you need to keep five guys on the ice. But sometimes, you know, you just look for one guy to step up and, and – uh, and try and jump up. Haas is a big unit, and from my understanding, he can handle himself as well. And that's probably one thing we are missing this year. Um, and you know, I know that Adam and, and Steve are, are, you know, they're continuously looking around to see if we can make any additions. And, and obviously, with what we've had over the start of the season, um, you know, with the injuries and what we've picked up as well, you know, the we've Ben Nate coming back in, um, still not one hundred percent. Darcy Murphy coming back in, still not one hundred percent. Tyler Soy has picked up injury earlier in the season, and, and uh, you know with the with the, con, well, the the condition that he had and with the problems that he had, you know you want to make sure that everybody gets out of the safely. Would I like to see somebody stand up and punch the face off him? By all means, get me a pair of size ten skates, and I'll give it a go. Um, you know I think we're missing that, and I think I was calling out for that on Saturday night and Sunday night. Um, you touched on the incident down at the far end, Paddy. I'm assuming you were down. At the Zamboni end, um, yeah. watching the game, so I seen that incident, and I think it was Wilson was trying to get Pickenich involved in it. Yeah, at the stage, I think we were either we were either one nil down or two nil we down. One, we were one nil down. One, yeah, yeah. And for that, for me, Pickenich does the right thing there yep. because you know he's not a fighter. He doesn't need to get involved. He's one of the better players. He needs to stay on the ice. I think he did the right thing. And to be honest, I think it was at the end of a shift as well. Um, and when you're out there for 45 seconds, you know, flat out, it's. It's hard to get your breath back if somebody challenges you to get stuck on their dig. So, um, yeah, by all means, I think it could be a wee bit more physical. I think we could get maybe to somebody to stand up. And sure, Kieran Long's coming on short. He's a big lad. Like, you know, Longer can throw them. 
But um, <laughs> I don't know if we can if we can just go fishing there and see if we can get him stroked into doing something Friday night or, or Saturday night. <laughs> Paddy, yeah. I know that, uh, Paddy, you, you, you and me and Coach talked on our little WhatsApp group about this, and, and my opinion was like a, a bit like Simon. 1-0 down, 13, 14 minutes to go. Do I want JJ Pickenich sitting in the penalty box for five minutes or risk uh, – hang on, let me finish here – or risk getting injured or shoot someone else – should someone else run the risk of taking a 10-minute instigator or third man in or whatever for doing that? I, I, I can see both sides of it. Look, it's one risk of those. Risk-reward, David? Risk-reward? Risk-reward. I think, I think, sorry, I think you can, I think you can understand, you know, I'm stood next to Coach. I think you can guess what Coach is screaming at this point. You know, you know what you know what direction he comes from in this sort of stuff. <clears> and I tend to agree in that instance. Which is, and But we are now at a place where the game thinks more about players in the box than the reaction that aggression would take to the game and you and you do you risk an instigator penalty do you risk this do you risk that maybe 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 that's what the game needs maybe that's what your team needs at times but if you don't do it you don't know and what we end up with is skating away you've got a fair point sorry did we have somebody sorry joel come one more second do we have someone then that should be putting his leg over the bench next shift tapping wilson in the gym pads and going mate Rather than it being JJ picking it, because we've had plenty yes. of players over the year have never, and I, I don't advocate that every player on the team should be the guy to drop the gloves. That's why you had Simon Kitchens. That's why you had Jason Bowens. That's why you had Paxton Schultes and guys like that. I'm just not sure whether this roster has that guy at the minute. Because if you look around at the league, Wilson was it Wilson and Haas last week went. He, he was giving away like sixty pounds. He was giving away six inches in heights. But game is a badger, and sometimes you know. But he's not really affecting the scoreboard. So it's the same on Sunday. Do, did we need someone on Sunday, particularly, to drop the gloves with Haas on on Sunday? No, because the situational of that game being a Challenge Cup game and nothing really riding on it isn't important enough for me to have someone out injured just to win a fight on a Sunday afternoon matinee game that didn't really count for anything. That's a league game, and two points are as important in October. I think it's a different scenario, and everybody should want to be that guy at the minute, just to energise the whole... I was watching, talking to Simon, I watched the first episode of the Toronto Maple Leafs, is it All or Nothing or something it's called? All or Nothing. Wayne Simmons. Sorry, All or Nothing. All for Nothing. (laughs) Very good, that's at least fun there. Um... (laughs) Wayne Simmons comes in and in his first game yeah. throws him down and energizes the whole. And Sheldon Keith comes in afterwards and he's absolute one of the Dynasty Keith brothers comes in afterwards and say, you know, how much Simmons energized and, and that win, that win was him. You know, so sometimes there, there's a time and a place for it, for sure. Am I sure that either of those situations was the time of the place? Maybe, maybe not. To Davy's point, and just sort of you know uh, backing up what Simon said earlier about the the game is changing. You know we're going to get to it later in the show, but you know Dops had a field day this week because Kevin Linskog celebrated a wee bit hard. You know the ma- the man got fined for celebrating, and there was bans chucked out for all I saw was a bit of handbags after the game. So you talk about risk versus reward. It's it's risk of losing a player that you might need for a tight game. It's risk of supplementary discipline where you're down bodies maybe on the road the, the next weekend. And there is an awful lot the way up there aside from the actual game scenario. So it's it's a very fair point. It doesn't solve everything for somebody to to roll on, drop the gloves, and, and try and punch uh, Hass in the face. Going to go to a couple of uh, post-game interviews that has got after the game. Sam, uh, after the shootout victory over the Dundee Stars, uh, difficult weekend for the boys. Um, last night's loss to the Manchester Storm, 
Um, looking for a reaction tonight. It's not a great performance, but uh, coming out with the points was important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, any time that we can get points, uh, you know, we're going to take it. Doesn't matter uh, how we play. At the end of the day, it's uh, it's two points. So, yeah, there's uh, there's definitely some positives that we can take out of the game. Uh, I didn't think we played our best, but um, still, at the end of the day, I'm proud of the boys. Last night's performance in Manchester, it's a difficult rink to go into, I'm sure you noticed. Um, you were playing, um, but it was a real battle in there. Uh, did you learn any lessons for the next time you go? Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a very small rink, so I mean, any time that you can shoot the puck, it's a, it can be a scoring chance. So I think we were trying to be a little bit too pretty out there, making some plays when we could have got the puck on net. And uh, yeah, my my brother played in Manchester, so uh, I've I've watched his games before, and uh, it was pretty cool to to play in that rink where uh, his old stomping grounds were. Tonight's game, uh, get off to a great start. Uh, first goal, and then all of a sudden, 11 seconds later, they get back in the game. Every time we pinched ahead, the stars come back. They, they played solid hockey tonight. But as you say, you know, getting the, the shootout win, were you up for next for the shootout? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? I was ready uh, if my name was called. I, I had my move planned out. But don't, uh, don't tell anyone. Maybe next time. <laughs> come on. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Rainer, uh, tough and tough game tonight. Uh, coming off the loss last night against the Manchester Storm. It's always a difficult place to go into, you know that, you've played there often enough. Uh, but did you get the reaction tonight that you were looking after last night's performance? Last night we weren't happy with how it went. Of course, we go into that small building, none of us have seen it before. Of course, returning guys have. Uh, and it was very quick to realize, like, okay, it's smaller, ain't got to keep it simple. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the more simple we kept it, the more opportunity we were able to get. But, uh, you know, we got some skilled forwards who, who want to be skilled. And I think that... Uh, you know, when uh, when you want to make plays and you're you're forced in a situation to you know keep it simple, uh, it's not against. It kind of goes against what you want to do. And so uh, last night we failed to keep it simple. And we we got bit for it. Um, tonight we come in and I think uh, we could have offered up kind of the same strategy where you know if we're getting pucks deep, we're getting these D turning, uh, we're finding success. But uh, you know, story of tonight at least from. Uh, what I could tell is a lot of blue line turnovers, a lot of turnovers uh, in, in areas where that sees them going out the other direction. So um, two great games to, to be able to really critically look at and, and see exactly what, uh, you know, what went wrong, what is something that we can keep from going wrong in the future. Um, and so, you know, we, we were able to get the two points tonight and that's good. Last night, of course, we didn't. Um, I think we're 10 games in now. And so... You know, we know what we're really good at. We know what uh, what is biting us, and so it's a great opportunity now to to really focus on what we're struggling. Next up, Nottingham, uh, Friday night, another task um, and another uh, game to look forward to. But there's a lot of work on practice this week. Yeah, of course. Like I said, you know, we're going to focus on uh, on uh, I guess working on our weaknesses. Right? We're, we're a really creative offensive team. Who uh, you know, if we keep it simple, we're going to focus on that. We're going to we're going to take a, take a good look at what uh, what we can get better at, get better in those things. Uh, Nottingham, um, you know, we're going in there. It's a, it's a good team. They typically have a really good team. Uh, prior to Coventry being my building, that was my building, and uh, so I'm excited to go there. And uh, yeah. You know, it's just another challenge, another another uh, place to, to go that we haven't gone yet, and you know it's. Uh... And that's all we've got. Thanks to Sam Rupp and to uh, to Kevin Rain 
for for those interviews, guys. The the, the sorry, the highlights for that game: Belfast Giants TV. The Giants top the group, Challenge Cup Group A. They qualified. They've already qualified through through the next stage of the Challenge Cup, the quarterfinals. In fact, all three teams in I believe in Group A, the Dundee Stars and Five Flyers will qualify. The Manchester Storm. Am I right? They're the ones who are dropping out. Yeah, because of Fife's win, the Storm lose out in a very, very good cup format. <laughs> I don't think the I think I think the Storm are the only team that didn't score a point in the uh, in the Challenge Cup, and therefore I think that's them eliminated from that. Um, right, we're going to keep things moving here, gents, and we are going to hear uh, from uh, Mr. Lewis Hook, who spoke to says at training. Hooky, um, a mixed weekend, uh, Nottingham Panthers. Nope, it wasn't Nottingham Panthers. Who was the last weekend? Uh, Manchester Storm. <laughs> Manchester Storm and the Dundee Stars. Um, the, the Manchester Storm, they obviously losing out 3-0. You know, you've played there before. It's a difficult place to go into. Uh, what was your thoughts on that first game? I think, it, like you said, it's, it's a difficult place to go to. It's a lot smaller than ours. And, um, you know, I think we just didn't play, play the right way. We didn't play. We didn't get off to a good start. And then... Um, you know, they, they kind of build their team around that arena and, uh, you know, they played the perfect game for them and, you know, we ended up on the losing side, which wasn't great. Um, but hopefully next time we can uh, counter that with a win. Come back on the Sunday, uh, again, a team that, you know, you've played a few times already this season, but it's never an easy uh, test against the Dundee Stars and approved on Sunday as well. Yeah, exactly. We've played them many times and I think, um, you know, they, they kind of, again, they built their tactics to, to play against us and obviously... They found a way that, they, that suits them, obviously speed, counting on them, our mistakes. And I think, again, we probably turned the puck over a few too many times, um, but huge to get the win on there. Sometimes you, you know, you don't play well and, and you lose, and then sometimes you uh, you get the win, so it was good to get the win. What was the message from Adam after that game? Well, I think you see today in practice, uh, there's a lot more just competing <laughs> and uh, a bit of a bag skate. I, I don't think he was happy, and I don't think we were happy with, with how we played over the two games, and I think... You know, we just wanted to put it past, work hard today, and then uh, get ready for Friday. Nottingham Panthers, Friday night, another place uh, difficult to go into. Uh, you know a wee bit about them, but um, you'll be looking forward to get back into uh, Nottingham on Friday night. Yeah, and I think it'll be a good game. I think two, two similar teams, both teams probably uh, want to fight for the title this year. So, um, you know, we're going to go in there and, you know, put the work in this week and then hopefully uh, come out on the winning side. Thank you very much, Lewis. No problem. Top man. Yeah. There was another video here where Kieran Long comes in, but uh, we'll skip that one. And in I fact, really what we'll it. do now is we'll start the fan agenda with our friends at Belfast Giants TV. Thanks to Lewis. Start the fan agenda with our friends at Belfast Giants TV. We spoke we spoke of him earlier on there. Uh, Mr. Kieran Long, how are you? Oh, I've got to bring him in before I speak to him. Hi, there he is. How are you doing? Oh, what's the crack there, boys? <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, no good, thanks. How are you, boys? Not too bad, mate. Listen, let's let's start with the hard questions. Let give us your assessment on the weekend. Yeah, it wasn't um, obviously it wasn't the best weekend for us as a team. Um, I think bigger pitch wise, I think it's kind of good to happen early, so the, the new boys kind of get a, an adjustment to the league, knowing that you can't really take a night off because any team can re- realistically beat any team. That obviously, you know. <laughs> You know that rink in Manchester very well with your time there with the Storm. What do you think gives them the edge that they can beat the Belfast Giants 3 nothing? I think it's obviously they get to train on that rink day in, day out. So just the, the knowledge of 
being on that ice. I mean, the first time I ever went there was in the EPL days, and I went from Basingstoke's Ice Arena, which was big, to Manchester. I remember doing a drill. I was the Canada Cup drill. I don't know. If, I think Kitchen would know it, but I was curling towards the boards with my head looking to the puck, and I just crushed myself straight into the boards. And I had Tony Hand staring at me like, "What on earth is this guy doing?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's. It is tough going in there. It's just, I kind of look at it from my point of view. Was it's very similar to playing in the World Championships. Everything has to be so much quicker. You don't have any time on the puck, or and if you don't have a good option, your best option is to chip it, chip it along the wall. Kind of standard question, Laura, that we ask. You know, as you say, and a lot of new guys coming in here already. How important or how easy it is to get through to them the, the sort of how important two points are in October compared, you know, as March because of the setup here where the league championship, if you like, is the main trophy to win rather than the play. Nice and all as we want to win the playoffs. How important it is to not drop points in October? Yeah, I think it, I think it goes down to the boys that have played in the league um, that just need to get that message across because obviously – even when I played in Manchester, we finished uh, my first year. We finished second, and we dropped quite a few points early on. So, and just picturing if we'd won a few few of those games, we could have been close to to winning it that year. Um, so yeah, it is a massive part of winning that league title. You finished, doing? Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> Lower. I'm always interested to find out what. It's a professional night tonight. Thank you. Um, I'm always looking to find out and, and what comes out of other people's dressing rooms. If it's the likes of the message that you played in Manchester, what would Finnerty be? What information is Finnerty putting into you to play against a team like the Belfast Giants? Obviously, you're you're a giant and you had a bit of a stint there um, during the summer, well, the end of the summer last year, but the, the elite series, whatever it is. What message is he putting out there? What way for you guys to play against a team like the Chance? Just to be hard and physical, usually. Um, direct, simple, and obviously with that building, it's a lot easier to finish it. Um, well, that's usually the majority of it, I think. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> Got the old lockdown brain, so that's as much as I, I can remember, really. I remember a few of his plays, but he hasn't, he hasn't done them just yet. Uh, longer just before we get into it uh, with Matt Nickerson now not in Belfast anymore having a, a sick beard is actually my gimmick uh, so it'd be great if you would stop infringing <laughs> on that um, not not overly pleased about that um, we, we always say no free ads on this show but uh, I saw on Twitter earlier that you were over with uh, Barb at, yes. uh, at WOW Sports Therapy um, you know Barb is, is obviously one of the, the giant sports therapists along with uh, Austin Benson the, those guys along with you know we Robbie they, they all do amazing work but um, my wife's actually just back from Barb tonight and totally swears by her. Um, she, she's a, a, an absolute genius. But you know, as as you progress through your career, that obviously must become more and more of an important part of, of kind of taking care of your body. Especially, we heard from Hooky there. You know, the, the boys maybe get a bit of a bag skit after the weekend. And um, how important is that that kind of taking care of your body and that recovery away from the ice? Yeah, it's massive. Um, it, it's big to like your, your recovery is big because obviously it gives you more energy. Once you get back, if you're not looking after your body, the next game you're going to be aching and you're not going to be able to give 100%. Um, so, yeah, it's, it is crucial. And Bob's is 
tough, which I like because <laughs> she gets those elbows in. I haven't let her use the dry needles on me. That's a little bit too scary for me. <laughs> she she doesn't go easy. No. Swear by the dry needles, mate. Swear by the dry needles, absolutely. It's petrifying. It's not sore at all. As, a, as another athlete, Debbie, you would attest to the dry yeah. needles uh, effectiveness. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm still I'm still playing Somerset County, made it nearly 60, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you broke your leg once. Did I? Oh yes, that's right. I did break my leg. <laughs> Bad break. Gotta go gotta go to uh, a couple of ones from Twitter longer. Um I'll start one with Glenn DeCocky. He says, Who's worse for chirping you? These or Dylan? Oh, <laughs> When when Dees was my equipment guy, Dees, hands down, and now it's Dylan. <laughs> Constantly Dylan. Hello, Jasmine. Hi. Yes, we catch you. The uh, Teal Trooper, did playing in New Zealand for Canterbury Red Devils leave a lasting impression or just make you homesick for the UK? No, honestly, that was probably one of the best experiences I've ever had. Um what more could you ask for Play, playing a game you love in one of the most beautiful countries I've ever been to? I actually described it pretty similar to Northern Ireland, actually. It's small and there's a lot to go and see. It's wonderful. There was a, there, there's a, there's a, a fan agenda question from your from your chief turper, Dylan Kaki, on Facebook. And as it says, is it true once you retire, you're going to Turkey to fix that hairline? It's well. We get the plan is to keep a hold of it for the wedding. And once the wedding's done, and we'll see. Once this starts to thin, I think maybe I'll I'll shred it off and just keep this. Nice. That's a strong. And if I don't like that, then yeah, I probably will go to Turkey and get the old. <laughs> turn your head upside down. The upside down. The upside down. Turn that old daddy's yeah. ketchup bottle. You turned it upside down. <laughs> I just like I just like to say there's nothing wrong with going bald gracefully. No. Just, uh, just want just want to throw that in there. Yeah. In there. We we talked to you probably the first week of the season and you've been playing a bit on day and then now you're back up front again, but you're playing center, you're playing some shifts in the wing. How hard is it just to sort of kind of establish a bit of a rhythm for yourself? Um it's not too difficult. I mean it, the the hardest thing would be taking the face offs. I think if you're in, in the face offs constantly, you kind of you knowing who you're going up against and you're able to try and watch what they're doing with their stick or what they're doing with their hands before the puck drops. Um, and, and it's a little bit of a, a tough one once you, if you're in and out and then you're kind of not always paying attention, which I, I probably should be, but it, it is difficult to go in and out, I, I would say. So, Longer, tell us about your new job. Oh, well, there's well, a couple. Well, one's not a job, one's I'm learning. But so I've yeah, got the new learning club. experience. Oh, so my new learning experience. I am actually, so I had my induction in Barbarin for this course last Wednesday, and I am cutting Lewis Hook's hair this Wednesday. Can we so live stream that? First cut. <laughs> Can we live stream that? Please. So, yeah, we can try. I'm sure I'll butcher it. <laughs> he wears hats all the time anyway. Um, yeah. Longer, this weekend, we're, we're heading to Nottingham for the first time. Um, another arena team. Um, uh, another team that Davey absolutely despises. Um, and how the boy, obviously, had practiced today. i seen the practice today. Um, Adam was, um, what's the best word for it? 
probably a little bit expected. I think you probably expected after the weekend. Um, but there was a few guys blowing out their butts at the end of it, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. But that's uh, it's always good to get that out, out of the way with on a Tuesday. I quite enjoy a bag skate on a Tuesday. And then for the rest of the week, you kind of do your tactics and whatnot and a little bit more flow because um, it's always good to get a good little skate in and get the muscles going. Well, I'll let Adam know. Sorry, sorry Joel. I'm going to head you right. I'll let Adam know so you can do it every Tuesday. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, longer something uh, one, one of my kind of favorite moments of the season so far uh, it was quite a small one but uh, whenever Mike Stewart and Kel Beattie made their debuts at home uh, obviously Mike kind of got, got on the railroad tracks a wee bit and had a coming together with Shane Owen down in the uh, in, in the bridge end crease there um, I noticed that you were very quick to kind of jump into that melee and, and sort of look after the kid um, you, you obviously uh, you know you, you come up through the ranks and in, in kind of Swindon moved on into into like Slough Basingstoke um, for people People that maybe don't know, you know, it's kind of a, of an unwritten rule in hockey that you know someone like that, a younger kid, someone who's a rookie, you know, you step in and you and you look after them. You know, was that a conscious decision on your part? And do you remember that you know happening for you whenever you were coming up through the ranks? Yeah, definitely. Um, it, like you said, it is kind of like an unwritten rule. Um, and yeah, as soon as I saw saw him go through, oh yeah, I was like, oh no, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I just threw myself in there, but yeah, no. It, it happened to me when I was a kid. There's a couple. I actually have a good, two good pictures of myself. I'll have to try and find them again and send them to Kitchy so you can show you all. But there's one of me again, absolutely crushed on like the blue line with like a knee in my stomach somehow, and then another one of me getting hip checked. But both, both after the both those hits, there was fights like within seconds. Yeah, you know, it's kind of yeah, it is an unwritten rule. You kind of you want to look after the kids because you don't want them kind of coming through and then not being like kind of being nervous for the games kind of thing. Sorry, just, just on the back of that, Davey, before you come in, we were talking earlier on about the level of aggression in the game and that, that flip between not wanting to be in the box, but wanting to get that spark. Do you think the aggression is out of the game now, or do you think it's being pushed out of the game now? Um, I wouldn't say it's been pushed out of the game. It's a good question. And I, funnily enough, I was watching that Ice Guardians again last night. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say it's going out of the game. And personally, as a player, I wouldn't want to see it out of the game. Um, just because it, it does, when you do have a tough guy on a team, it let, you do play with a little bit more freedom, knowing there's a guy that's going to answer the bell for you kind of thing. Um but yeah, I, I do think it's still there. It's still early on as well, so I'm sure I'm sure you'll see a few of the boys throw the gloves down at some point. You won't have seen, and I'd be surprised if you listened back to the start of the show tonight, but today is the 26th of October. might mean an awful lot to you, but the also 26th of October 2002 was a real seminal moment for the Belfast Giants. It was the first time that there'd ever been like a bench clearance massive brawl at the Odyssey against the Nottingham Panthers, hence my still 19 years later, absolute hatred of everything, even the colour yellow. <laughs> so, you know, if, if you were playing for Man United, you would know about the rivalry with Liverpool, or if you were playing for Rangers, Celtic, or Celtic Rangers, yeah, backwards I, and forwards. Sorry, sorry for jumping in. That Liverpool and Man United is probably not the best part to use. Spurs, Arsenal, whatever, you know, those best in again. If you like, if, if one of the small city rivalries as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, 
for for many many Belfast Giants fans of our generation, I know that you, Joel's talking about the younger ones coming through. If it had happened to Adam Keith, for example, one of those bench clearance brawls where somebody rips his shirt off and and digs Kiefer from behind. I don't know if you've ever even seen the footage, but how do we as fans get across the players just how important it is to beat the Northern Panthers? It's a tough question. Can you feel it? I didn't know the history. <laughs> I feel that every game. I, I think a lot of hockey players, just as a professional, you, you, you never want to go into a game to lose a game. Um, but knowing, knowing how well Nottingham have been doing, um, I'm sure we'll G the boys up and I'm sure if they watch some of these clips that we're about to watch, we'll get the boys going even more. Well, this is this is the, the clip from this day, 19 years ago, and you'll see Paxton Schulte gets into it with Tobert in the far side here. But if you keep an eye down the bottom corner here, Barry Nygaard strips his shirt off and starts sucker punching Paxton in the back of the head. And this kind of created a rivalry. Then the next, he got an eight-match ban, and the, the game that came back was against the Panthers. It was like New Year's Eve in the Odyssey, and they went center ice, you know, first shift. So it was, it's kind of folklore now. It's, it's just one of those, as I say, seminal moments in, in the club's history. You see yeah. that car, what a Judas weed. That is wild. <laughs> and see who the two lines, liners are? Tom Parnell and Mike Hicks. <laughs> Classic. But it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, you know, uh, there's a question, has the aggression come out of the game? To that extent, it has. To that extent, it definitely has. You don't, you don't, it's very rare now to see um, the old bench clearances. Yeah. Just go throw back. one in on Friday night for us. <laughs> <laughs> There's the I'll question. I'll speak to the boys to see what I can get. That's what he was working Dave, his way towards there. Well done, David. Dave, Dave is 100% <laughs> something at the NIC. A um, couple, couple of ones to finish off with from Twitter. Longer. Um, the standard one, Alan Brett, would you rather play against a horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? I mean... Oh, I'd take either. Send them all. The big one leading the small ones. Um let's see, we've got uh Rosie Auckland. Uh, have you picked up any jazz specific habits or phrases since donning the tail? Oh god. I'm just glad oh, to see you back. Wow. The man's um, accent, I mean. Where where do I even start? <laughs> I've got, yeah, I've picked up quite a lot. I mean, obviously a bearing Hannah, Northern Irish from Pullardine. She gave me a few good ones to start with. Laura, I love him, imitating her. They, her laugh is atrocious. Big <laughs> <laughs> hello, Laura. Big hello. Yeah. But yeah, I've got, I've got a few phrases, but you put me on the spot, so it might be a little tough to get them out of me. No problem. Anything else? I think there's some on Facebook with her, Joe. Uh, no, it was that absolute zinger from Dylan. Uh, good, good evening, my friend Dylan. I uh, had, had to get that one in. Uh, but no, I, I think you've rounded it up there, Paddy. We've rounded it up. Well, in that case, then, you know, two games this weekend, obviously, against the, obviously against the Panthers and then at, at home to <clears> the <throat> Flash. And, you know, it's going to be a, you know, a, a weekend that you guys will want to show as a, a reaction to what's taken place the weekend past. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, think we're, I think we're going to approach this Nottingham game, similar to the way we approached Cardiff. Um, it's a big game, obviously, and I, I think the boys are, are pretty pumped up for it to try and get back on the back on the train to the proper way we should be playing. Nice one. Listen, mate, thanks very much for joining us, and uh, good luck this weekend, and we'll catch up with you again soon. Cheers, lads. Cheers, Longer. Cheers, Longer. Cheers, Longer.
Great to have Karen Long back on the show. Always good fun. Mr. Neil, what's the news? Yeah, uh, let's take a, a quick look down the results over the past week, boys. Um, quite a lot of midweekers in the past week in, in the actual league. Uh, last Wednesday, the 20th, Nottingham beat the Guildford Flames 4-3 at home. Uh, last Thursday, the Manchester Storm beat Dundee by six goals to two. On Saturday, the Storm were at home. Don't want to talk about it anymore. And on Sunday, uh, Sheffield Steelers beat the Five Flyers five goals to two. And the Cardiff Devils shot the Manchester Storm out 3-0 down at Ice Arena Wales. Um, in the Challenge Cup, which is pretty much wrapped up at this point Saturday, um, Guildford beat Coventry 2-0. Dundee lost at home to Fife. They picked up a, another win. A couple of new bodies in at Fife. They seem to, you know, be turning a little bit of a corner. Um, I, I know Craig Peacock got a, a couple of goals. Um, and also on Saturday, Nottingham beat Sheffield in probably the game of the weekend in a, a 3-2 overtime win. And on Sunday, aside from Belfast's 4-3 shootout win in Belfast, uh, the Coventry Blaze were beaten at home 2-1 by the Guilford Flames. Uh, in terms of league news this week, boys, it's probably best to get straight into it. I mentioned it earlier on. I don't know if you have the song keyed up, Paddy. It has been a professional night at the office, um, but let's, we have, we have, we have more chat. action from our friends at the Department of Player Safety. He's nailed it. He's nailed it. Dots. It's working. Dots. <laughs> you know, I um, you know, I got a telling off from TV's Neil Coach Russell about this not working at the weekend. It's just not like you. It's not like you. When they got back in my day. Yeah, look, a, a quick rundown. Uh, it's it's been picking up a lot of views on on uh, social media, and it's been talked about a lot today. But long story short, um, following uh, the Guildford Flames win over the Coventry Blaze in the Sky Dome, uh, Kevin Linskog, the the goaltender who has been in the headlines for uh, on the other side of a of a Dops decision, whenever he was sort of kicked at um, by his uh, name is completely forgotten. Um, Linskog has been fined for essentially what was an over-celebration uh, at the end of the game. The the play, I think it was a, a six-on-three at the time. Coventry piling forward on Guildford, trying to, to get a goal back. Uh, time elapsed, just pretty much in front of his crease. And uh, and he does a bit of jumping up and down, which I, I think he actually has, has previous for. You know, they, they say this celebration is part of his normal game. That sparked a bit of a melee. Uh, David Brawl got in the mix. He was trying to, to scrap boys around the crease, trying to scrap boys at the bench. Um, but by the time it was all said and done, Lizgook has been fined. Uh, Jake Bolton has, uh, Guilford Flames, number 19, Jake Bolton has been suspended for two games and picked up a fine. David Brawl, uh, they wrote an essay on Brawler. Uh, he has been fined and also suspended for four games. And uh, David Clements of the Coventry Blaze has been fined, suspended for two and just to cap it all off, uh, head coach Danny Stewart has been fined. I think that uh, this is a, an absolutely wild overreaction, uh, to be honest. Uh, Linskog obviously was was being a, a, a bit of a an S-house with his celebrations. You know, he was sort of circling the crease, doing that jumping up and down, arms up in the air, celebrating in front of guys. And I know it sparked a bit of handbags, but... Um, you know, we've spent all evening watching the the clip from the Nottingham Panthers and the Belfast Giants back at the start of the millennium. And if you set the two side by side, I mean, I don't think Dobbs needed to go as wild on this as they have done. I don't know if you guys agree. I, I, it's interesting that the only person not suspended out of the whole thing is the guy that kind of creates it all. Um, I don't cool, but like... And, and some of the reactions are, are are slightly over the top as well. But you know, nobody was killed. Uh, you know, it was a, 
There's a, there's a few high cross checks and Brawler, yes, probably left the bench. Not 100% sure whether he was on the ice or not. Um, and you can't, you can't come in and get involved in other occasions. So maybe the one game for suspension for him, for him because it's just like completely set in stone. You leave the bench. It's banned, but like I don't think there's an awful lot in it. That's that's the kind of that's the kind of reaction I would quite like to see from our team in the same kind of situation. And I find it it's it's brilliant to watch Linda's Cog skating around, starting little things and just skating off merrily and loved starting it. something absolutely else. Absolutely loved off. it. Just absolute as as you say, the housery of it was, was brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Love to see it. Is this that is this not a prime example of what of what we're saying? The fact that that this is why that level of aggression that going back, you know, 19 years isn't here is because anything like that, you know, from that, from that incident 19 years ago, it was an eight game suspension <clears throat> for Barry Nycar. Uh-huh. And I can't remember if it was much, I think Christian Tarbert got something, but I don't think there was much else. Now you're getting incidents like that, that are getting fines and suspensions that cause, cause a position where players think twice. And yes, you know, we don't want we don't you know Paxton Schulte was heavily affected by what took place in that. You know, he concussion, you know, the works. The the guy the guy was hurt. We have a we'll, we'll dig it out. We have an interview with him a while ago that, that coach did to look look back on it. And you don't want people being hurt to that extent. But we do want the entertainment. We do want the physicality. Mr. Kitchen said, Mr. Kitchen said on Sunday uh, in commentary, the first thing people do when there's a bit of an aggression is they jump to their feet. And uh-huh. you know, that's the level of entertainment that they give. But if you, the, the, the housery from, from Lens Cook, I love, I love that in the game. I absolutely, I loved it. I loved it when, um, Blair Riley did it against the Steelers. I loved it when, um, was it DeLuca did it against the Coventry Blaze? I love that sort of, you know, plan it up to try to get under people's skin. I kind of do it myself from time to time. But, you know, it's, it's, you know, but I, love, I love that level of it. And yes, you're going to get a reaction. But I think the DOPS is overboard. I absolutely think it's overboard. And that's where you're going to drive that level. Because that sort of thing, you know, we're all about driving clicks. We're all about driving content we're all about finding videos and going viral and those are the videos frankly that will go viral those are the videos that people will watch those are the videos that people come to see you may say oh this is all terrible there might be a lot of preciousness about it but that's what people are there to see they're there to see the physicality and and you know if you start to stupidly fine and suspend over something that was much of a muchness then you're just going to lose it says if you're away in Fife during your, your playing days and that kicks off at the end of a game, is it even still being talked about by the time you're getting on the bus? Uh, if you cross-check a goal in the head, quit talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I remember we played against, we were playing for the Cassarine Knights in the British League against the, uh, it was against my old team actually, against them freeze, and Bernie McCrone, who was a very well-known British goaltender, very well <laughs> Um, he's going to get knocked out. You're lucky you're in Bristol. Um, and Bernie McCrone, like my pipe here. Thank you, I kept the Castlereagh Knights. You <laughs> talk about the Castlereagh Knights more than I do, you wee gimp. True, true. I used to watch about the war, granddad. Um, but and you were probably at this game. But Bernie McCrone, I remember there was a there was a goal. We scored a goal, and and I sort of I was standing. I was on. We're on the power play. I was standing in front of his net. And um, again, he, he had a reputation for being a tough nut goalie. Like, um, and I 
sort of did what Lance Coog did. You know, uh, I, I sort of put my hands up right in, this, right in Bernie McCrone's face. Bad mistake. Next thing I know, I got a blocker in the head. Um, <laughs> and then I came into a scrub, the net came off. I'm literally, you know, I wouldn't say it was a full-scale fight with Bernie McCrone because he couldn't get his glove and blocker off, which I was quite pleased at. Um, but, you know, I'm firing digs at, at Bernie, and all of a sudden, another group of my shoulder and big Malcolm Bell's coming in to get at me. Um, and, and I played with Beller the year before. Um, you know, for me, the only thing that I didn't agree with was, and I'm pretty sure, as I said, David touched on it earlier, was Brule coming off the bench. You can't do that anymore. You know, I, I get it. You know, you want to your, you know, stick up for your teammates. I understand that. He was taken away from the melee um, with regards to, you know, put, I, I understand this from what it said in the, the report. He was taken to the dressing room and off the ice, and he came back on. After that, and the referee, same referee, I don't know who number 40 is, I'm not sure. Um, um, Andy Miller. There you go. So, number 40 referee. And, you know, when he when he referees pointing at him, that basically said, when he's coming on the ice the first time, stay out of it, just stay out of it. He pushed him out of the way, gave him a bit of a, an elbow in the head, skating past. For that, you we, we talked about it before. Yeah. The referees are integral. They're a very important part of the game. You can't be I doing agree. that. And if he I gets a suspension that. for that, I have no issue with with what he does after that, he didn't really grab anybody with any malice, and he didn't, you know, he didn't really get involved in anything after that. The Dops suspend him a little bit too much. I think they're trying to make an example of it. I don't think they want it to happen again. I've no problem with a four-game suspension for hitting the referee, none whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, because he was pushed off the ice and taken more or less towards the locker room and coming back on, he deserves what he got, in my opinion. The rest of them. I couldn't. I don't really care. You know, we don't play either of them. And then any time weather affects the, the suspensions anyway, so I don't really care. I I come before any else go. I uh, I come back on what I originally said. I agree hundred percent with Simon. You cannot touch officials. We need them in the game, and for that alone, whatever suspension is due to him, fair enough. Yep, I agree. Uh, other news, I guess, really, the news around the league has, has been dominated for me by the Glasgow Clan boys, um, as pre season is almost upon us for the Glasgow Clan. Um, Nolan Laporte arrived today, completing their roster. And, uh, you know, it, it's been a sort of succession of, of news stories that seems to have made the, the Clan fan base angrier and angrier on the internet over the past week. Um, there was a bit Where's of a vague statement about. <laughs> There's a bit of a. Haven't heard it in about a year and a half, two years. That's that's lovely. Um, the the guy is in storage, mate. Uh, there's there's been a, a bit of a vague statement about the long term future of of the arena over there. It seems to be sort of secure for now. There haven't really been any details. Uh, they've started to recruit, I think, three backroom staff over the course of the week. Um, but there has been a fixture shuffle. Uh, they've put that down to uh, protracted negotiations over the arena and also the the climate, um, whatever it is. What's that thing called? The COP something? COP, COP, 26. COP 26. COP 26, the, the climate summit that's that's coming to Glasgow. Um, so now, as it stands, the Glasgow clan will go to Dumfries and play the Solway Sharks in preseason uh, on Wednesday the 3rd of November uh, before coming to Belfast for a league game uh, that weekend, uh, and that is going to be their first taste of of full pelt competitive hockey. Uh, 
what are your take on what's going on in Glasgow? You know, obviously they've had a tough time, and and I, I've said it from the start. You know, there, there's always been that kind of banter about uh, about the clan and with the Giants fan base and a fairly well known hashtag. But this league needs the Glasgow clan. This this league needs a, a team that that has you know the facilities that the clan do. They need um, all the numbers they can get. To be honest, you know, it's a, it's it's a it's an ecosystem. The teams rely on each other to exist. Um, it's been a battle, I'm sure, for Garth Chalmers, Jerry McLaughlin, the people over there uh, to get to where they've got to. But it's a bit wild that uh, the last player arrives today you've got one preseason game against the Solway Sharks and over you come to the SSC arena what are we in for um it's it's got like I have a lot of time for Gareth I've known him a long long time mm-hmm. um you know the guy is good at what he does it seems he's that the clan are in a very difficult position it's quite interesting some of the people he's brought in like Jimmy Douglas it just goes to show that People who used to slabber on the internet like I did turn up and end up working for clubs. Unbelievable. Fair play to Jamie. I've known Jamie before and just you have, used to have a bit of a battle with Jamie when I was living in Newcastle. But fair play to him. Got the job of the equipment manager there at the clan. Tough for them. It's 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 probably tough for them, but you know, we've just got to wait and see what, what team they bring in to the uh, to the SSE in a couple of weeks' time. And you know, you know, Matthew coming in and, and you know Haywood coming in and all their other new names. Who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll look at that when it comes. But the, so the sort of blaming Cup 26 seemed a bit off. It's in two weeks. The Cup 26 starts like tomorrow or something. And, it's, and it, you know, these games are two weeks away. I, fi- I, I find it odd. It sounds like some sort of European football tournament uh, I had never heard of before, but that's maybe just me. Your Premier Sports uh, Game of the Week this week is our good selves in uh, Nottingham uh, this Friday, the 29th of October at half past seven. So join Aaron Murphy, uh, Paul Lady and uh, Caitlin as well. uh, at ringside uh, got got the first chance to watch that broadcast the other week thought that that they all did uh, Caitlin Barry sorry I've just remembered your surname Caitlin apologies um, thought they did a really good job really good presentation and it's always nice to be able to watch us play in Nottingham which is a bit of a rare thing these days so make sure and tune in the premiere this Friday night and uh, that is your news Patrick Smith thank you very much Mr Neil and those two games We'll talk about that now. Um, Nottingham Panthers away. The Belfast Giants travel into the NIC, 7.30 on Friday. And uh, Premier Sports going to be the coverage for that. Um, and then we come back on Saturday, 7 p.m., SSE Arena. And if you're not getting down to that, Mr. Kitchen on Giants TV. Uh, says these games, Nottingham Panthers seem to have had a decent start on up and down. They did the win over Cardiff the other week. You know, they have a couple of battles with Sheffield in the Cup. You know, what are you expecting? Tough battle. You know, every time you go into the Nottingham, it's always a tough game. So we we need to bounce back from, from the, the weekend with, with two performances, which weren't up to the standards that Adam would expect. And not on the players as well. I don't think they'd, they would expect the way they played uh, to be uh, acceptable. So I, I reckon I, I'm, I'm expecting a response this weekend. I was hoping for it on Sunday. Um, and we did come out with a win, and that's you know nobody's going to talk about the performance on Sunday when they look at the history books in six, seven, eight years time. So you know Nottingham Panthers on Friday night's the most important game of the season. Um, I would rather come out that as a, um, as a two and two then instead of one and three. So uh, that's that's what I'm taking out that if we can come out of a two and two, um, even if it has to go to overtime, uh, you know to, to get the win, don't really care. I, I would like to get a response, get the boys going, and uh, hopefully they can pick up two points. That's it, Joel. Isn't it? It's it's you know we've got it's it's the league game that's going to be focused on more than that game against Fife in the cup. 
Yeah, it's the only show in town this weekend uh, with respect. Obviously, I think, you know, Sunday at the SSA Arena is going to be a great evening night, as it always is. The, the Giants marketing teams put on a lot of work for their, their Halloween game night, whatever else. But in, in terms of uh, in terms of the actual bread and butter and in terms of the competitive nature of our game, it's uh, it's the, the trip to Nottingham this this weekend. Um, you know, the boys and, and Davey especially have spoken at length about uh, the importance of a Panthers game regardless. Um, but the the opportunity to go over there and to make a statement and to bounce back is, uh, is absolutely massive their league form has been kind of up and down they've beat dundee um they've beaten cardiff they've beaten guilford but they did get hammered 5-2 by the blaze at home as well um so i mean it, it's sort of that that sort of uh, up and down unpredictable nature of the league we're seeing so far this season for for however many reasons people haven't played in the past year whatever else and it is still early season but um it needs to be a statement win it's it's a it's a it could be a turning point victory this early in the season 26th to the 10th, Davey, in the next games against the Nottingham Panthers. It's as close as you're going to get, I think. Hopefully I've put a, enough uh, in the care long there. They can take it to the locker room in the morning <laughs> and ask the boys to do a solid for me. <laughs> Those games, Friday, 7.30pm. Uh, get that on Premier Sports with Murph, Paul, Lady and the guys. Uh, and then back to the SSE, SSE Arena on Saturday, 7 p.m. And if you're not getting down to that, which you should be getting down to that, but you'll you'll be joined by Mr. Kitchen on Jan's TV if you watch it online. Any other business, boys? Yes, I do. Um, just want to pass our condolences on uh, to the family of Ian Barton. Ian was, um, he passed away last week, unfortunately. Um, uh, I'm not sure exactly the 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 cause of, of of the passing, but um, Ian was heavily involved with the Odyssey Trust and the Odyssey Arena. Um, he was a massive Belfast Giants fan. Um, as, as his wife, his wife June as well, um, always came to the games. He was the accountant um, or one of the accountants back for the Odyssey right from the very start. Still followed the Giants right the whole way through to the last season. Um, and he was heavily involved with friendship for. He was always one of the chaperones looking after what the teams with. John Small and, and Father Brian and we Gordy, and um, our thoughts about the family and and uh, and it's sad sad passing of all the important. Here, here. Anything else, boys? Nope. On that. All good, boss. On that sad note, the uh, yes, our sympathies go out to the Barton family. Uh, really sad. We're really sorry to hear that. And uh, yeah. Um. On that, let's let's wrap things up, gents. Uh, big thanks to uh, Kevin Rain, Sam Rupp, Lewis Hook, and of course Kieran Long joining us earlier on. Thanks to uh, Storm and Jans TV for uh, the highlights, and to Mister Mister Majemski for putting those together for us, uh, and uh, Mister Kitchen for getting down to training and uh, and all that, and get those uh, those interviews. Um, those games, like I said, Nottingham Panthers away on Friday on Premier Sports. And then at home to the Five Flowers in the Cup. Uh, get yourself down there or follow it on Giants TV. You can get us on at AVFTV on Twitter, Facebook, and at kingdomofthegiants.com. Gents, as good as always to see you. Thanks, boys. Thanks, nothing nothing from the other two. That's fine. Good night, Paddy. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Let's go. NF, NF, boys. NF, NF, indeed. And uh, wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. And we'll catch you here next time on a view from the bridge.
Social Podcast Network.